Welcome back. This is your storyteller. I'm back with episode number 24. Spending the summer with my little mother. It started off just seeing her on the weekends, then gradually to two months. Spending time with my little mother, just as my father had instructed my Madea. It became something that me and my sister looked forward to. Regardless of how hard school went that week, knowing that we were getting away and going to my little mother's for the whole weekend made everything all right. On Friday morning before school, we already had our suitcases packed and ready to go. My sister and I would hug each other throughout the day just thinking about going away for the whole weekend. Weekend trips was all new to us, although many of our friends did it a lot. Finally, on Friday evenings, my little mother came up in a long, shiny black car to pick me and my sister up. She didn't own a car, neither could she drive a car, but she paid a man to drive her. The man looked like the taxi cab driver that I met when I ran away from from home to go to her house. He ushered us into the car with his hands extended, kind of like the ushers at church. The ride to her house was fun. The driver, just like the taxi cab driver, was so nice. He took his time and showed us so many things that we had never even seen before. I needed more eyes to see it all. And when we got back home, my mother was always right there on the front porch, waiting to welcome us back home. I think she missed us. Unless we had a program at my church, we went to church with my little mother. She was the head usher at her church. And wow, her church was much bigger than ours. It had bright red carpet throughout. We had wooden floors throughout. Her church had long red cushions on all the pews. We had wooden pews that the men made themselves. Ours were brown and hard, but I loved them. They were ours. They belonged to us. There was a big bell on the outside that sounded for Sunday school and again for the 11 o'clock service. We also had a bell. Sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't. My little mother looked so pretty in her usher's uniform, just like an angel. One of the things that I loved about my little mother, she didn't make any difference between me and my sister. Although we both knew that she was not my sister's real mother. And besides, it was already being noised about that my sister had had another mother, that she had a real mother. We'll talk about that later. 
after spending the weekends with my with my little mother then finally summer came and life really changed it was the summer that i really got a chance to know my mother and enjoy the times with her we spent the whole summer with my little mother this was already starting to feel different in my heart i somehow knew that this would be a summer that i would never ever forget when we got to her house the first thing she did was stop and buy us new clothes she took us shopping at the roof shop for city clothes that's what i called them she had an account at the roof shop at home we called that kind of buying buying on time the people at the shop all knew her they were both white and colored and very very friendly she introduced us as her girls i didn't mind because it made my sister happy she said that she wanted all of her friends to meet us that's why she was buying us new clothes <laughs> i think that she was really ashamed of our country clothes so she took us shopping right away the entire time that we were there we didn't wear any of the clothes that we brought with us She left them folded up nicely and neatly in our suitcases. The same way we brought them there. Yeah. Both me and my sister agreed that she was ashamed. Although I still wanted to wear my clothes, but my sister said, "Sweet Isabel, leave them mammy-made clothes in the suitcase." Hmm. I guess my little mother felt the same way. like they were mammy made clothes. I finally got a chance to meet her husband. She called him my stepfather. He was a nice man except on weekends. On Friday evenings, he drank whiskey until he got drunk. Then on Sunday evenings, he sobered up for work for Monday morning. He never bothered us when he was drunk. He was just a bother to my mother's heart. She was always pleading with him. Don't do that in front of the girls, she would say. Please. Don't do that in front of the girls. She said that she didn't like it. But I kind of think she did like it because she had been with him a long, long time. She said that he was still a good man. in spite of the fact that he drank and got drunk. I knew all about drinking men from home, but he was not like Mr. Peter or cousin Robert. He didn't beat my mother up. He didn't cuss her, and he didn't talk under her dress. Maybe that's why she thought he was a good man. I told my mother all about him, and she asked, "Does he get regular drunk?" a pissy drunk. I knew the difference. So I said, "Just drunk." She still didn't like that I had to live with that kind of foolishness. I didn't like it myself. 
it kind of did something to my peace. His sound was bothersome to my very soul. I wasn't used to living with that kind of sound. The sound that I'm talking about was his slurring his speech and laughing when there was nothing funny. It was kind of like a weekend intruder, seeing him talking out of his head. That was the thing that I hated the most. That was what was bothersome to me. But my sister said, stop worrying about it. People get drunk all the time. That was a bald-faced lie, and she knew it. But I didn't say anything to her. And besides, she said, it's only on the weekends. Just two days, sweet Isabel, only two days. And he don't bother us none. I knew what she was doing. She just wanted to stay there instead of going home. My grandmother sat me down and explained that good or not, a drinking man was not a man that I wanted to marry. She said, sweet Isabel, don't ever marry a drinking man. She said, I didn't raise you to marry a drunk. At some point, a drinking man will beat you or kill you. Or you will go broke because he will spend every dime he makes on whiskey. I didn't let it bother me too much because I really wasn't too interested in a stepfather. I was just glad to be with my little mother. My sister was beginning to say things like, I want to stay here with little mother. I said to her, you know we've got to go home. She said, then you go. I'm staying here, and she's going to be my little mother. I didn't like hearing my sister talk like that. She was always so strong and tough. I didn't too much like seeing her like that. She seemed like she just had to have my little mother in her life. I was used to her fussing and fighting and tearing up stuff, then getting her butt whipped. She didn't worry a lot about getting a butt whip. She would say, hmm, a whipping don't hurt no longer you getting it. But it always hurt me to see her get her butt whipped because it did hurt her. My dear had no pity on her. But she wanted my little mother to be her mother so bad. Anyway, When we spent the weekend with my mother, I didn't pay too much attention to what we ate. Because most of the time we slept and watched TV until Sunday morning, and then we were back at home. But this time, I was very much aware of everything. She had our food and our activities, everything planned out for us every day. She told us that we could have cornflakes and then still have breakfast. Well, we didn't know anything about cornflakes or even how to eat them. So she poured them into our bowl right from a huge colorful box. 
the box was real pretty. Then she sprinkled tablespoons of sugar on top of the cornflakes and poured milk from a jar on top of the cornflakes and the sugar. We tasted it. It tasted good, but immediately we knew that the milk was different, kind of flat and weak tasting. We were used to milk straight from the cow. Actually, from our own cow, old Mary. I loved milking the cow. Knowing that it came from my own cow made the milk even more special. And besides, I loved old Mary in a special way, just for standing there for me to get her milk. I always kissed her and thanked her. But this milk in the jar? Hmm. I didn't know where that milk came from. There were no cows anywhere. Some of the milk even came in jars, and some came in cartons. The milk that came in the jars were usually sitting on the, at the, right at the front door, close to the door. My sister said that the milk probably came from someone's cow that lived nearby. But I didn't see any farms. I didn't see any land. I didn't see any of that anywhere, except, except a vacant lot next door. And there certainly was no cow there. My little mother had to work, but she told us to eat as much cornflakes as we wanted for breakfast. But guess what? We ate it all day long. Even though she left us with plenty of other food, food that we had free access to, she said, y'all can eat anything you want and as much as you want. She saw that we liked the cornflakes. It made her happy. She told us to eat as much as we wanted. She said, just eat it. I'll buy you more. She did have a lot. But everything tasted flat. The bacon was thin. We were used to thick bacon from the hogs that we had fattened and killed ourselves. Her bacon tasted different, but we got used to it. We never had hot dogs and hamburgers at home. And my sister made hot dogs, hamburgers, and french fries every day. And guess what else? Cornflakes. It suddenly came to me that if my mother didn't know that we were acting like we were not used to those things, she would not like it. I said to my sister, let's stop acting like we are country children. She said, we are sweet Isabel. We are country. She said, why can't you just enjoy all of this while we are here? But I felt like we were being greedy in country. I still could almost hear my mother's voice, and I could even see her face. She would be so ashamed of us acting like greedy niggers. And I, too, felt like we were acting like greedy little niggers. I laughed a little bit because I really could actually see her face. I could see her face with her lips broken down, saying, acting just like greedy little niggers. I got so tickled. (laughs) I was glad that I thought about her. Even being away from her, I wondered what she was doing there by herself. I love the fact that I remembered her. 
Hmm. And then I got sad. She would not have me there to deposit the money from the store. But I made sure that I ordered new records for the jukebox before I left, so she wouldn't have to do that. But I would not be there to feed the men on the chain game. She liked it when I went there to do it for her. What would the men say when they didn't see me? Hmm. I was missing my mother in spite of what I said in the letter. My sister was just staring at me with a mean look on her face. She said, don't you start, sweet Isabel. Don't you even start that. If you want to go back home to her, then go. Just go. But I'm staying here. We're supposed to be here for two months. And I'm staying here with my little mother. Like I said, she really wasn't her little mother at all. But my sister was happier than I'd ever seen her pretending that she was her little mother. She really didn't like my mother at all, and I often wondered why. We'll talk about that a little bit later. I liked my little mother, but I didn't love her. I loved my mother, even though she was very hard and tough. I loved her because she had sacrificed her whole life for me, and I was beginning to see that. And it hit me right in my heart, really, really hard, that she would be sacrificing even more when she let me leave to go up north with my father. She really, really would be all alone forever. The same way Auntie Becky was all alone when my mother took me away from her. Auntie Becky died shortly after I left. I wondered if my mother would die the same way from loneliness. I knew she was going to have to die, but I didn't want it to be from being alone. I began to think on my own life. I too was strange and different, just like my mother. Would I also die alone? Miss Ida May, who who I liked so much, was strange, just like me. And even though she had children and grandchildren, she was still alone in her heart. Would that be me? I kind of pondered on it and wondered on it and reckoned on it. Then I heard my sister saying real loud, Earth to sweet Isabel! snap out of it and come back down here and enjoy eating with me. She said, I'm about to make some hot dogs, hamburgers, and fries. Here, eat some cornflakes while I finish cooking. I did snap out of it. And I made sure that I didn't focus on those things while we were there. I wanted my sister to be as happy as she wanted to be. I don't know the exact day and time that I learned the lesson of giving people what they wanted to be happy. But I just knew that I could. It didn't hurt me any. I knew how to make people happy. But I also knew how to be happy inside of myself with the Lord. I wish I could remember when I learned that. 
how to give people what they wanted just so they could be happy. Most people didn't seem to know how to enjoy the Lord like that. Not even the grown-ups. So, I knew that I could still do it here, even without a hayloft. So whatever my sister wanted, I would give her, just so that she could be happy. Well, we began to wear our new clothes that my, my little mother bought from the roof shop every day. We were told that after we took our bath, that we should dress in our new clothes every day. A lot of the clothes I had seen some of the girls at school wear, their mothers ordered things from them from a catalog, and then some went to nearby cities. But I never wanted those clothes because I liked the clothes that my mother made, even though people said they were mammy-made. Well, my mammy did make them. Well... All we did every day was eat, dress up, and sit on the porch talking with the other children. All the girls talked about were their boyfriends, or just boys, any boy. They wanted to introduce us to boys, but we refused. We were busy enjoying eating sweet cornflakes, hot dogs, hamburgers on buns, and you guessed it french fries my sister made those french fries so good she was always a better cook than me my little mother only had two bedrooms a small kitchen dining room and a living room oh yeah and a bathroom no sitting room or front room she had a very small porch and a very 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 small yard there was no place for me to get away to be with the lord no hayloft. My sister and I slept in the same bed. At my mother's house, we each had our own bed. That was kind of a problem for me because my sister was always saying, Sweet Isabel, you don't have to pray that long. Get up off your knees and come to bed. Sweet Isabel, don't start that humming. Sweet Isabel, don't sing out loud. Sweet Isabel, what are you writing? Read it to me. Sweet Isabel, move your feet. Sweet Isabel, you're too close to me. Sweet Isabel, you're breathing on me. Your breath stink. Lord, have mercy. I needed some space to myself. I pray that I would get used to this house. I didn't want to hurt my little mother's feelings because she was very, very nice. But I couldn't breathe too well. I felt hemmed in. I cried inside. Inside of myself. Because I felt too closed in. I needed some more space. I couldn't talk to God out loud the way I was used to. There was no place that I could walk. The yard was so small. I wanted to take a walk down the street, but we were told never to leave the yard. I just wanted to take my sweet cornflakes and just go back home. I began to wonder, would it be like this up north with my father? Hmm. 
I wanted so bad to scream out, damn, damn, double damn. But when my mother explained that it was cussing, I knew I couldn't cuss because I had religion. But I sure felt like saying it. What I did say was, what the devil in Sam Hill kind of house is this? What the devil in Sam Hill kind of yard is this? My mother, I wanted to call her and tell her what was going on, but I didn't. I knew my sister would not be happy. I think my little mother did read my mind. She came home from work and said she was taking us to Usherwood meeting with her at her church. I was so happy to be going to church. Even if it was just for an usher meeting, I just wanted to be in church. I wanted to sing and pray and see some shouting and see people knocking over the pews and running. I missed all of that. We had been to her church before, and I liked it. She made us wear a little scarf around our heads because we had not gone to the hair salon yet. My sister laughed her head off. She said, Sweet Isabel, you know why we're wearing these scarves, don't you? I knew, but I wanted to make I wanted her to tell me so I could laugh out loud. I said, No, why? She said, Because she's ashamed of our thick knotty hair. She said, We are not a head niggers, sweet Isabel. Well, I didn't laugh. Because that was how our hair was every day of our life. And we were not naughty head niggers. And we were not now. Not then and not now. I wanted to refuse to wear the scarf. But I still didn't want to hurt her feelings. Like I said, my little mother was very nice. And after all, she was my mother. I just didn't like that there was no hayloft, no talking out loud to God. I had to really, really learn how to talk inside of myself. I would ask him if it was all right that my little mother was ashamed of how we looked. I wanted to know how he felt about it. He would let me know the truth, but I would keep it to myself. That was something else that I learned. I don't know when I learned it, but I learned, too, to just keep things to myself. Keep it to yourself, sweet Isabel. Just keep it to yourself. My little mother would always come home from work, take a bath, and put on pretty clothes. And then she would sit down and eat at the table with us and ask us, Girls, what did you do all day? She was so pretty. She had pretty straight hair, and she wore it pulled back or piled on top of her head. She was pretty and sweet, and she smelled really, really good. She had pretty bottles of perfume with pretty shapes. Blue wash perfume. That came in a heart-shaped blue bottle. I loved how it smelled. Then she had evening primrose and lily of the valley. She used an underarm cream deodorant called Tussie. 
Even though my mother had baked, she had packed the baking soda for us to put on our stinking arms. But my little mother didn't let us use it. She said, that's not what you put on your arms, girls. But that cream that she had, that stuff got all over your hands. But I still liked it. Whatever my little mother wanted me to do, I was willing to do. We went to her usher's meeting. She was so happy to introduce us as her girls. We watched her usher. We liked everything about her and everything about her church. I went to the altar and prayed. I got the hymn book and I stood up to sing along with them because I knew those songs. My sister said, sit down, sweet Isabel. Don't you get up and don't you start that singing with them. This is not your church. Okay? I said, okay, I won't. So I sat down. I thought to myself, everybody's ashamed. Shame of our hair. Shame of our clothes. Shame if I sing. Shame if I pray. Well, you already know what I wanted to say. But I didn't. But I didn't. Because that was cussing. So I just did what my sister said. Well, Saturday finally came around. We left the house early in the morning for our first visit to the hair salon to get our hair pressed and curled. That was our very first press and curl. I wasn't sure if my mother would be all right with me getting my hair pressed. But if she wasn't, my little mother would have to deal with that. The lady that owned the hair salon was my mother's best friend. She introduced us, and the lady said, Finally, I get a chance to meet these girls that I've heard so much about. She came over to me and pinched my cheeks. She said that I looked just like my little mother. She said, Your mother is so happy to have you here. She's been waiting on you. She hugged my sister and made her feel at home as well. She washed our thick hair and put us under the dryer. My cousin in Chicago owned a hair salon there, and she brought us magazines whenever she came down to visit. And I had seen the people under the hair dryer in her magazines. And here we were sitting under the hair dryer ourselves, eating some kind of treats and drinking a Dr. Pepper. She put our feet up and let us listen to the music on the radio. It was jazz music. My sister leaned over to me and said, Sweet Isabel, you can't dance in here. I closed my eyes and danced in my mind anyway. My my head felt really good and my body felt good. I wanted to dance and twirl and leap. The salon smelled like honeysuckles, and there were flowers everywhere, in vases, in the windows. Then I looked and I saw that she had the biggest bowl I had ever seen, with goldfish swimming all around in the big bowl. I had never seen goldfish. I laughed to myself. 
Remembering that I had not had any fried fish in a long time, I said to myself, little fishes, I should take you home and fry you up in a pan. I knew that these were not fish that you could eat, but just to look at, I wasn't that country. I was just fun into myself, for myself. I began to think about Junior. If Junior were here, he would laugh his head off. He would say, Sweet Isabel, you so crazy, girl. He didn't mean crazy like Miss Jane and May was crazy, but funny crazy. He would have understood my type of funning. I got a little bit sad. I wondered where Junior was and what he was doing up north. Remember, Junior had to leave because his father had an affair and had a baby by another woman. Anyway, I told my own self to snap out of it, and I did. When our hair was dry, she put so many different creams and oils in our hair, and our hair smelled like something that you could eat. Then she pressed and curled out our hair into a bang and two pony two curly ponytails. Sometimes when she did our hair, she would put our hair in Shirley Temple curls with pretty bows. Both me and my sister had long hair, but we never even knew that it was that long until we saw it straighten out. But my sister had the prettiest hair. My mother always said that she had good hair. She looked so pretty, my sister. She looked at herself and cried. It made me cry seeing how much she loved the way she looked. It meant a lot to her. I knew she knew that she looked pretty. I felt pretty all the time. I didn't know that she didn't until today. But I began to wonder, what would she do when the pressing curl went away? I would pray that the Lord would let her feel pretty all the time, even without the pressing curl. That's what I would do. I would ask him to put the pretty inside of her like he did with me. While we were there, we went every two weeks to get our hair done. There were so many girls at my school and at church that had prettier faces than me, but I always felt pretty inside. That's what I wanted for my sister. Actually, my sister had a much prettier face than me and prettier hair, and she was certainly smarter than me, but she needed to know it. Suddenly, I didn't mind that she was always fussing at me about my ways. It was okay. I just wanted her to be happy. My mother and her pretty friends had a women's club. They met once a week at each other's house. They all wore pretty print, starched and iron dresses. And they drank beer and smoked cigarettes and laughed quietly. They were proper acting ladies. Kind of like the ones that I read in my Jet magazine in Ebony. My little mother didn't drink or smoke. I began to think 
then why was she with them? Maybe her mother didn't teach her that birds of a feather flock together because she was so different from them. Well, it was almost time for us to go back home. I finally got used to the house and the hair salon and eating all the new things. I was sitting in the swing on the porch, just thinking about the summer that I had with my my little mother and thinking about what would happen when I got back home. Then suddenly, I felt a breeze and an unusual smell in my nostrils. It was coming from the vacant lot next door. The smell, even though at first I thought it was unfamiliar, but the smell was familiar to my nose. Even the ground looked familiar. I had not paid much attention to the vacant lot before. I ran in the house and I told my little mother about the breeze and the smell. She began to laugh so hard, and then finally she stopped laughing and pulled me to her. She wrapped her arms around me and she said, You really are special, my sweet, sweet Isabel. She said, My baby, you do have the the gift. You have the gift. Do you know who used to live next door in that vacant lot? She said, No, ma'am. Remember, I was never here before. She said, Your Auntie Becky. Your Auntie Becky's house was in that vacant lot. That's where you and her lived until I took you away to your my dear. That smell that you smell, that was all those oils that she used that she used to use. And even the ones that she used on you. I too can smell them sometimes. That's why I left the lot vacant when the house fell down. I like smelling her when the breeze comes through. Sweet Isabel, that's her way of speaking to you. She's glad that you are here. All grown up now. Her baby girl. All grown up. But you still carry her inside of you, I can tell. Well, we had two more days before time to go home. I took my chair and sat there in the vacant lot, laughing and talking with my Auntie Becky, and remembering the things that she taught me, and remembering the dolls that she made. I told her everything about my Madea, about my life. I told her about the preacher that made me miss getting my religion because he wanted to do something nasty with, with, with me. I told her when I finally got baptized. I told her about the brow patch. I told her about preacher. I told her about the travelers in the hiding place, the hayloft, the KKK, the chain game. I even told her what I did to my music teacher and about meeting my father, the spelling bee. I told her about Junior. And then I told her about the bad letter that I wrote to my mother. I wondered what exactly she would have said about that letter. 
I told her about how I ran away to come here to live with my little mother, but she wouldn't let me stay because yet again, she had to work. I wonder what she would say about that happening to me all over again. But I kept talking. I wanted her to know everything about my life. And finally I said to her, I'm back. I came back where I started from with my little mother and you, Auntie Becky, and the place where I found real love. I can still smell you. Don't ever leave me. You were my first love. Oh, I have to tell you that I'm not always good, but one day I will be. Oh, and by the way, I don't have to use potions. I have religion now. I was cussing. Well, I didn't know that it was cussing. When something would make me mad, I would say, damn, damn, double damn. But then my mother told me that it was cussing. And that I shouldn't cuss because I had religion. So I stopped. As I turned to walk away, I ran back and I said to her, Oh, one last thing. I forgot to tell you that when I grow up for real, I'm going to be a storyteller. And I will tell people, I will tell everybody all about you, my first love. I'm so glad I got another chance to talk to you. I love you, Auntie Becky. Until next time, I am the storyteller.